Welcome to another episode of Sports and Discourse with your host, Derek Stevenson. And I got to ask you a question, right? Is it time for us to lay to rest the NBA super teams? Is it death to the super teams? And the reason why I'm asking you this question is because I'm starting to feel like the era of player-created super teams is coming to an end. I feel like the basketball gods is starting to bless the small market teams. And the reason why I'm saying that is because if you really look at it, right, since the players, like in the, you know, the 2010-era-ish players, or whenever that was, let's start with the Celtics, right? And I'm not sure if it's really fair to start with the Celtics because the Celtics kind of was constructed through management, right? But they still ended up sort of being the catalyst to this new era because, you know, it was like they the Celtics was constructed to keep LeBron James from winning the championship, right? And if you really think about it, was it? I think it was, what, the 2008 Celtics or something? Were they really that successful? And, I mean, the reason why I'm asking you is because they only got one championship. I mean, they ended up losing to Kobe's Lakers. They had, like, a three-year run where they were a dominant force, probably the best team in the Eastern Conference, and they still only got one championship. Then, you know, some people say they were the team that forced LeBron James to take his talents to South Beach, right? And when you look at the super team that LeBron created, you know, they did the whole summer uh, summer powwow thing where he was meeting up with all his boys. You know, they were trying to figure out where they were going to end up playing. You know, Carmelo Anthony, Chris Paul, Bosh, Wade, all of these guys, they were trying to figure out how they were going to navigate their careers. And, you know, it ended up Chris Paul and Carmelo Anthony ended up going different directions or whatever the case may be at the time. You know, their contracts might have been set up a little differently where they might have had to either lose some money or wait another year or two before they could really jump into that. But it's set up perfectly for LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh to play together. And they all made the decision to play in Miami. Which, Miami is not the biggest city. It's not the biggest market in the NBA. But it's probably one of the most desirable locations to live outside of, like, maybe L.A. You know what I mean? So they took their talents to South Beach. But even still, if you really look at it, Were they really successful? And the only reason I'm saying, even questioning that, is because when you got three players of that caliber, you know, even they felt it. Like, they threw a parade in Miami. They said they was not winning, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, or however many it was, right? But they were supposed to win a lot of championships, not just two, right? And... 
they ended up winning two out of four before they broke up. And if you really think about it, that's kind of disappointing. Um, that's kind of mid. Like, it's successful, but is it really? Then LeBron James moves on, right? He goes back to Cleveland. And they only win one championship. He brings, he goes back to Cleveland. He knows Kyrie Irving is there. He ships out a couple of players, brings in Kevin Love, who at the time was averaging like 25 and 13. So we got to put the respect on Kevin Love's name, at least for that time period. He may have been the biggest or the best big man in basketball at that time. He was at least one of them. Um, And they only ended up with one championship. Then you get the Golden State Warriors. And they were, um, the main core of their team was organically built. With Draymond, uh, a guy that they picked up in the second round and anticipated him being a role player, ended up becoming a, a very strong, you know, very important piece to their championship success. They drafted Steph and Clay early, lottery picks. I think they might have both been top 10, 15 picks. I can't remember exactly where Clay went. I feel like Clay was like the 14th pick or something like that. And Steph was like, I think he was kind of low, but still it was high. It might have been like seventh or something like that. You know, but they organically constructed the core of their team and they were starting to have success. But then they failed a couple of times as well. And then they added Kevin Durant. And when they added KD, I said, oh, they're going to win like six in a row. Like they were supposed to do, they were supposed to become the dynasty of all dynasties, right? Like they were instantly supposed to become the greatest championship franchise in the history of basketball. They were supposed to be up there with the Lakers and the Celtics. Like they were supposed to make people forget about the Lakers and the Celtics. Because if you just look at it, you're like, whoa, nobody's going to be able to beat these guys. And then they had some success. Then they got derailed by injury. And that's what uh, usually ends up happening to a lot of these super teams. Uh, If you look at Miami to go backwards a little bit, Wade's health started failing him a little bit. Bosh started having some health issues. Then LeBron James moves to Cleveland. Kyrie had some health issues. Kevin Love had some health issues. Then go to the Golden State Warriors. KD had some health issues. Klay Thompson had health issues. Steph has kind of always dealt with some health issues. And ultimately, Kevin Durant doesn't even feel fulfilled. And he decides to move on. You know. The Raptors snuck in and got a championship that probably should have went to Golden State. No disrespect to the Raptors, but if everything works out normally and they're healthy, more than likely Golden State would have won that championship. But still, they kind of had a little fall-off moment. They didn't turn into quite what I think everybody thought they were going to turn into. Then we move forward a little bit more. LeBron James decides to go to L.A. And 
They got one championship. But overall, it's probably been the least successful time of LeBron James' career because of the expectations. Because his first stint in Cleveland, they weren't really expected to win the championship, but they were a better team. Like they, Cleveland was still a top-tier Eastern Conference uh, team that was capable of getting to the championship. And, you know, they had the best record in the NBA a couple times. So when he comes to L.A., he's got the experience. He's won championships. The expectations are higher. They did end up sneaking one championship in. And a lot of people don't even really want to completely give them the credit because a lot of people are saying if it wasn't for the pandemic stopping the season, Anthony Davis probably wouldn't have made it through the season and they probably wouldn't have even been able to win that championship. Who knows if that's right or wrong. It's definitely a a very good point to consider, but they won the championship. But overall, they've had two seasons where they didn't make the playoffs and one season where they went out in the first round. So overall, they haven't had success as a super team. Then you look at some of the other teams. Brooklyn, they get Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, dealing with injuries. Add James Harden, dealing with injuries. Then Kyrie Irving, dealing with uh, trying to navigate his whole um, vaccine and, you know, the vaccine mandate situation. So they really haven't, uh, they really didn't get a chance to have success because now Harden's not even there anymore. And Brooklyn is just, was struggling to just make the playoffs. They made the playoffs, but they had to struggle all the way to play in the play-in. They had to win the play-in game just to get in. Then you look at L.A. Clippers. They haven't had success as a super team. They kind of fell off. Injuries, you know, injuries ate their team up. Destroyed some of their seasons. So overall, it's just got me wondering, like, are the basketball gods blessing the organically constructed teams? Because now you're starting to see teams like Milwaukee with one superstar and very strong supporting cast. You're starting to see teams like Phoenix with two superstars, but a very strong supporting cast. You see a team like Memphis, one superstar, but a very strong supporting cast. It's starting to seem like, and y'all going to be mad at me, but I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh Uh-oh. Excuse me. Y'all going to be mad at me. But NBA is going back to that 90s style, man. And I'm not talking about the style of play. Like, I'm talking about the way they're constructing these rosters. Because this whole super team thing is kind of, um, it kind of gives me the same vibe as what's happening in the NBA, the NFL right now, where you get a quarterback that has success and he asks for so much money that they're not able to really construct a solid overall team around this quarterback. And there ends up being a lot of holes in the roster. And that's what I feel like has gotten, a, you know, a lot of these super teams 
it's put them in a bad situation because, you know, they pay two or three dudes so much money that they can't really afford to really give them support like they need. So when you have these injuries, you know, it just decimates the team. Like the L.A. Lakers, like they never really got to have their three superstars this year really play together. So it was almost like um, they just wasted a whole lot of money. Like they would have been better off if they would have paid some of those lesser uh, talented players the little bit of money that they wanted. But at least, you know, they would have been durable enough to be there the whole season. They would have been able to support LeBron James better than the other two superstars, which are Anthony Davis and Westbrook, that they paired him with. Caruso would have been able to support him better. KCP, uh, just, you know, several of the lesser talented guys would have been able, they would have been more helpful. And, um, you know, just like the same way uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are doing when Ja Moran goes down. When Ja Moran goes down with an injury, man, they they not really missing a beat in Memphis. They playing. They winning. So you got a superstar, maybe one of the most talented players in the NBA, one of the best players in the NBA, and he's able to not have to rush back. He's able to, you know, take his time and rehab correctly, heal properly, and his boys is holding him down. Like he's on the bench happy. Like he's jumping up and down cheering for his boys because they still winning without him. So now going into the playoffs, they're going to be a scary team because they know that they don't necessarily need Job Morant to be competitive. I don't think they can win a championship without Job Morant. But they can compete with most teams on a nightly basis without their best player, their superstar. And it just kind of seems like some of these uh, organizations are going to have to take notice of some of these smaller market teams and start trying to move a little bit away from just piling up superstars and to start get some young, durable, solid players, right? Yes, you need a superstar or maybe even two. There's probably no way you can win a championship without at least one superstar. I know you can look at like the Detroit Pistons. You know, they kind of were like one of those teams with uh, Chauncey Billup, Hamilton, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Tayshaun. You know, they were kind of one of those teams that just comes along every so often and just sneaks up on you, and they just compile a really solid group of dudes that were all, like, you could say a few of them were, like, a hair under star level. And then, you know, a couple of them, like Tayshaun, you could call him a top-notch role player, right? And I feel like it's getting to the point where these organizations are going to have to start reevaluating how they construct these rosters. The Lakers need to get rid of all of them old players. And if they want to have any chance to salvage what's left of LeBron James's career, at least while he's in LA, they're going to have to get some young, solid players. They don't really need another superstar with LeBron James. 
They probably won't be able to get rid of Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook. But if they can, it may be better to consider taking that money and taking a little bit from each each one of those contracts and adding to it and building a solid base of role players to play with LeBron James and let LeBron James do his 30 points a game and his 10 rebounds and his 7 assists and have really strong support with him. And then maybe you might see they might be able to get something done. But right now, it's just looking like the teams with the most um, the most depth and the most, you know, consistent, solid role players like Phoenix, like Memphis, you know, like Milwaukee, even Miami Heat. Like you look at the Miami Heat, they don't really have a superstar on the team. They have a couple guys with all-star level and then top-notch role players. And it's looking like those are going to be the teams to beat in this year's playoff. And we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, I just think people are going to have to um, take notice of these small markets, man. And they might have to uh, shift things back like it was towards the 90s where you only had maybe one or two superstars on a team and then a bunch of solid role players. And everybody knows me. They know I don't even really like talking about role players because like I feel like when you're talking about guys like Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, Tony Kuko, you know, those type of guys. Sometimes I feel like they get a little too much credit. But when I really sat down and think about it, maybe I was wrong about that. Maybe I need to give role players a little more credit because if you look at, you know, a lot of the successful teams from those eras, like like the Rockets, whenever Jordan retired, the Rockets won the next two championships. They had one superstar and solid guys. You know, if you look at the Seattle Supersonics, that was, you know, they didn't win a championship, but they made it to the finals. They had Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and solid guys. You look at the Utah Jazz, Stockton Malone and a solid core. You know, you looked at the Knicks, Patrick Ewing and a solid core. The Magic, Orlando, I mean, yeah, the Orlando Magic, Penny and Shaq, and solid cores. The Bulls, Jordan and Pippen, even Rodman. I'll, get, I'll put Rodman on that list, but solid cores, man. Like, they just had built-up role players to support these guys. And that's why the Bulls was even able to, um, you know, win a lot of enough games to keep themselves in the hunt when Scotty was out with his surgery in 98. Uh Jordan took over, but he had solid role players to help. So maybe I got to fall back off of my stance and start giving the role players some credit, man. Um, Because it just seems like that might be the way that the NBA might need to shift back to because a lot of these super teams that they've built through free agency, it just really seems like none of them really ever achieved the the level of success that everybody expects from them. But anyways, I'm going to just close it right there. You let me know, how do you feel about the super team, man? I think the super team era is dying. You let me know what you think. Uh, And that's it, brother. We'll get back at it. 
Sports and Discourse, Derek Stevenson.